0: Welcome to the Warriors Arise podcast, a safe place to talk about unsafe things. Here's your host, Jane Zahasky. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I am your host, Jane Zahasky, and today I am visiting with Michelle Garrett. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Jane. Michelle is a licensed marriage and family therapist. You have been practicing for 20 some
1: years, right? That's right. Yes. Tell us a little bit about you and what you do, how you help people. Okay. So yes, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I've been In the field since, uh, I'll say like the early 90s, -hmm. I don't like to do the math anymore. (laughs) But at any rate, I work with individuals. I do marriage counseling. Occasionally, I'll do family counseling. Mm -hmm. I do quite a lot of work with people in ministry. And then also, I've got some extra training in in trauma therapy, EMDR, Mm -hmm. those types of things. So Mm -hmm. those tend to be the areas I gravitate towards. Um, Of course, anybody can walk through our doors and we'll find... A good place and a good fit for them. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Wonderful. Oh, I love that. So, um, Warriors Arise, we have been talking the past few weeks on our podcast about suicide and just, we actually got there from talking about isolation and how we can find ourselves isolated in dark places. And then that's like just a breeding ground for yes. the enemy to come in and start telling us lies. And we just slowly then start building some walls some prison walls mm-hmm. around ourselves. <clears throat> and so we had in the past, Aisha mm-hmm. came and shared about her experience, how she went through the spirit of suicide and mm-hmm. she got through to the other side, a very powerful <clears throat> message. We also visited with Grace, who she shared just how her family got through a loss of her two sons yeah. for two suicide. And so we were just so honored that you are able to come and share with us from your perspective just how damaging that spirit of suicide can be, how serious it is, and what we can do, how we can identify it, and how
1: we can help others too. Yes. It's so important. You know, I think everybody at one point or another in their life if if we're honest with ourselves we'll say that we've hit a dark spot mm-hmm. and you know and and sometimes might have passive thoughts like i wish i wasn't here or right. what if i just didn't wake up something like that and that's that's um not uncommon but i think what happens when you've had You know, multiple stressors or just difficulties in life, you can just kind of end up going down that dark path further. Mm -hmm. And it seems like the walls can kind of start closing in. Yeah. I'll tell you though, in working with people that have depression, trauma, and anxiety, they are all so responsive to treatment. Mm. There's so much hope out there. And yeah. so, you know, it, it doesn't, we don't have to stay in that place, mm-hmm. but we do have to reach our hand out to grab onto somebody else's for help. So, you know, and that, that can be a little difficult when people are in that isolated, depressed place. Yeah. But boy, I sure, I sure hope anybody that's listening, that's dealing with something like this. Yeah. will just grab onto that hope. Yeah. And, And how can they do that? What does that look like for someone? I think, first of all, you've got to acknowledge that you're dealing with it. Mm -hmm. You've got to acknowledge that, hey, I'm not in the same place I was, you know, a month ago, six weeks ago or whatever. Sometimes just getting outside, getting mm-hmm. outside of your, you know, the four walls of of mm-hmm. your house or of your routine or whatever can kind of help open the world up a little bit. But really the most important thing is is telling somebody. And mm-hmm. if you don't have someone in your close circle that you feel comfortable, your doctor is a mm-hmm. great place to start. You know, call one of the counseling centers in your area. That's another great place to start. We can, you know, definitely help from there. So, yeah. yeah
0: that's good. You know, it reminds me, I had a friend many years ago who she was just struggling with something hard in her family. And she just would say to me that she felt weak reaching out or asking for help. And and that just really stuck to me. And for me, yeah. it's like, no, you are strong. That makes you a <clears throat> strong person. Right. If you can identify that you need help. So how can we get over that yeah. whole idea of asking
1: for help? Absolutely. So I think some of those early attitudes—I um, say early—those attitudes that we can we can have, like uh, you know, I don't want to burden somebody, mm-hmm. or I'm weak, you know, in asking mm-hmm. for help, or you know, whatever it is. Those, honestly, if we look back, we can find that that's been a thought that we've had of some sort for most of our life. Mm-hmm. A lot of those things are old, old kind of, um, scripts that we've held on to since we were little might go back Mm -hmm. to a role that we had as a child, but it's, it's really, it's a lie because we know that we would be there for somebody else. Right. In fact, you know, if somebody was hurting and they reached out, I would be honored to be there. You know what I mean? And I think most of us would be. And so, but, but the mindset of somebody that's depressed, which suicide is, is Mm -hmm. one of the nine criteria of mm-hmm. depression. It's not with everybody that's depressed, but it is a lot more common in depressed people. So so the mindset of that person is everything is now viewed through this darker lens. Mm-hmm. And so I I view myself, I view my life, I view the Lord, I view my relationships, it, literally everything through this darker lens, and, and I don't see hope.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I think it would make sense that those old scripts would effectively fit into that mindset. Right. I, I, you know, I don't want to bother somebody else. Mm-hmm. Goodness. You know, you think about too the people that make the most impact on other people down the road, sometimes are the ones that have been in the dark places and know how to get out. Right. So when you are able to get out of that place, you're able to then bless somebody else mm-hmm. too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So.
0: I love how you mentioned that you would feel honored that someone would reach out to you. And I feel the same way. But it's I can easily picture myself in that other person's shoes and say, but I don't want to bother them. They're busy. You know, all those words that yeah. we hear, the, all those. And we just place that on someone else yeah. and say, oh, no, they
1: don't want to hear my troubles. Right. And that is that is one of the enemy's tactics for sure. And just as you we were talking, I was thinking, it's almost like if I'm carrying a 50 pound backpack, my idea of telling you about this backpack is putting it on you, but yeah. I'm not putting it on you. I'm asking you for, to help me figure out how to, I'm not asking you to carry it. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. But I think we can feel when we're downloading something hard to somebody else that we're actually making them experience what we're experiencing.
0: Right. That's not and true that's either. That's not true. No. Yeah, boy, the enemy just yeah. has a heyday when we <laughs> when we find ourselves in that situation. Yeah. Wow. So what are some of those maybe those signs, those those things that kind of like okay, yes, maybe this is depression. Maybe this is a dark place. Yeah. What are the
1: signs that we should be looking for okay.
0: in ourselves
1: and in sure. others? Absolutely. Okay. So so symptoms of depression they're going to raise your risk for being in that category for suicidal risk. Mm -hmm. And then there's also other symptoms for suicidal risk that are even higher than some of the, because like, for example, a sad or depressed mood doesn't mean you're suicidal. But right. so for depression, some of the symptoms that you can see that are common in suicidal people is, you know, sad and depression, um, losing interest in things that they might have used to mm-hmm. have interest in, Right. changes in their normal behavior, like maybe they're not sleeping or they can't get out of bed, you mm-hmm. know, one of, one or the other or their eating patterns might change, they're functioning, not able to get to work, not able to reach out. So they're withdrawing things like that. Mm-hmm. Chronic pain or illness, isolating oneself, withdrawing from others. Those are some other things that you can see that start to raise the risk level. Okay. Right. Again, the more symptoms that you see from that checklist, you're going to be thinking, okay, you know, want to kind of help Mm -hmm. build in some supports for that person. Or if it's me, you know, start looking at what do I need to do to help myself get through this period. Things that I think are really a much higher risk is if they've had a history of prior suicidal, either ideations or um, actually um, behaviors, you know, of uh, self-harm statements about being hopeless, worthless, or a burden, or I wish I wasn't here. Mm -hmm. I wish I was dead Mm -hmm. talking actually about killing themselves, Mm -hmm. self-harm or suicide, you know, those kinds of thoughts and then, um, or preoccupation with death. You can see that too. They'll just start talking about death a lot substance abuse and firearms in the home are definitely if you see those it's Mm -hmm. it really is something if you've got these other things present you got to really really start being concerned and so at that point having you know a good conversation with them is important and I was going to ask you is it okay if I just talk a little statistics real quick absolutely yeah So I think awareness, not just in ourselves and in others is also, it's important to look at like, what are the statistics out there? So when I was writing the first article on this probably about three or four years ago, um, I had looked and since 2007, so it's probably a 10 year period, suicide rates had doubled in our youth populations. And it's also the 10th leading cause of death overall in our society, right? Um, Statistically, women have higher or, or not higher, well, a higher attempt rate. Mm. But the men have a higher completion rate because they typically will, mm. you know, choose a more violent means, right? Mm. Women mm-hmm. usually pills or something along those lines. Okay. And then, you know, within certain populations, demographics, ages, you know, you'd find um, the highest typically is boys or men between the ages of about 15 and 25. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they that seems to be the highest risk right. time period. Yeah. So. I think, you know, that's important to know, mm-hmm. but I remember when I first started out as a counselor, there mm-hmm. was, I think she was nine or 10 years old, a little girl hung herself. Oh. And I hate to even say that out loud. I feel like I just threw a backpack on everybody here, <laughs> but it really yeah. can happen because wow. kids don't have an opportunity to, I mean, they don't, they don't have that. They don't understand the finality. Yeah. You know? Right. So, um, but since early 2020, we've been watching rates of depression, anxiety, trauma, PTSD, sleep problems, sleep mm-hmm. difficulties, all of those things have increased. And I don't have, uh, with with anxiety and depression, I went to the CDC and they said 40% increase in wow. their study that they did, I think like in August or June, somewhere in there. Yeah. And, and then you throw isolation, you throw yeah. all the crazy hard stuff that we're hearing yeah. out there in the world and you know with with covid-19 and then i think too just the fatigue mm. so thankful we're going to be heading towards spring and seeing more sunshine hopefully soon yes so yes. yeah i think that'll help you know getting people outside a little bit more Yeah, will definitely help so yeah so all those things um the statistics but then you're looking at the symptoms i mentioned mm-hmm. and then you're also looking at do they have a support system right and do they access it cuz some mm-hmm. people have one and they don't know how to mm-hmm. access it
0: right mm-hmm. and i think that's good for all of us. We have to have that support system. That's why we need community. We need to do life together with others. And hopefully we will never have to use that in a situation like this, but you have to have it. Yeah. Yeah. We all do no matter Mm -hmm. where we are in life and in the seasons. Going back to 2020, it kind of was like a perfect storm. It was. (laughs) I mean, all the things and then even with the masks, like I'm one that I speak with my smile. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I couldn't even like the eye contact. It just everything yeah. was so difficult. <laughs> and hopefully we're getting to the other side of that because, wow, it it's really hard. And these statistics yeah. show that it's that's yeah. scary. Yes. So having a community. But what are, what else can we do to kind of protect ourselves? Before we get into kind of a dark season or or start experiencing things where we're like, oh, is this depression?
1: How can we prevent that even from yeah. happening? So I think the first thing is, is once you've dealt with it, because a lot of mm-hmm. times we don't know what it's, what's going on until we're there, right? then, then you can start learning how to more effectively deal with it. And yeah. so if you look at... There's something called the Diagnostic and Statistical mm-hmm. Manual of Mental Disorders. It's the DSM-5 mm-hmm. is the version that we've got right now. And it'll have the criteria for depression or mm-hmm. for anxiety or for panic attack. And that is the go-to for all medical professionals. So, you know, if you want what we all look at and what's mm-hmm. been statistically tried proven tested all that yeah so so identifying what those are so you see isolation you see like a lower kind of sense of self-worth hopelessness some people will have excessive guilt Mm. you can find changes in functioning um where they you know just aren't able to um kind of do their normal daily things yeah you know weight gain or weight loss by about 5% or more, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of some of the others, certainly suicidal thoughts at any rate. And, and just, I think a low energy, low Mm -hmm. motivation, um, hopelessness, those things. So one of the things that's really, really helpful, but really hard to get depressed people to do is exercise. Ah, yeah. Um, It is a natural antidepressant. Mm -hmm. And so it, it does help with, you know, not just depression, but with sleep and with stress. Yes. So so I think that's one of those things. If I start getting into a funk, because I did have a really, really bad depression when I was probably about 19. I mm-hmm. um, actually had some pretty serious suicidal thoughts, didn't mm-hmm. act on it, but was mm-hmm. close. But boosting up your support system, trying to get out trying Mm -hmm. to have some routine Mm. and you may not feel like you're as effective at doing some of the things that you normally do. Some of that is that lens that you're viewing things through. Some of it is if you just don't have the energy and don't feel great, you might not be doing as well as you normally do, but try not to judge yourself and just get that routine built back in. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if you can't exercise for 30 to 45 minutes or can't get to the gym, yeah. Trying, I try a walk for 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, if you can't do that, go sit outside for 10 or 15 minutes, mm-hmm. unless it's negative 30 degree wind chill, like we had this last week. <laughs> right, and in that case, don't, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> <My windows. laughs> I don't want any phone calls <laughs> on that one,
0: exactly. But that is
1: that's really good
0: advice. Like, yeah. just start moving something, again. start breaking yeah. a sweat, like, yeah, start breathing heavy, do something. Right. And then I really like that whole, get your routine going because that probably is part of it. Like you just get out of a routine, you start isolating, you know, it's getting away from that and just getting yourself back up and start doing it. It's a lot of self-talk. Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can imagine those days when, you know, I've experienced just being at home, kind of this whole quarantining at home and there are days where I'm like, I have done absolutely nothing like, and I don't feel good. I'm right. tired, but I haven't done anything. And just having to tell myself, Jane, get up and do it. You know, just get outside, right. go, go for a walk, go Take a shower, yeah. <laughs> you know right. all the things.
1: Get, Get back into that routine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I think you know to the the morning hours, middle of the night, sometimes evening. If especially if people are isolated, yeah, those can be the times where depression and anxiety will hit harder. And oh. I in, in one of my classes I took years ago, they were talking about how our our kind of circ- our circadian rhythm. So our energy level is actually mm-hmm. at those low places, and that's. So, so we're going to feel overwhelmed with what needs to get done. We're going to feel like we don't have the energy or drive. Sometimes just standing up, get out of your bed. Yeah. But if I stay there and think about it, oh my goodness, nice. it just festers. So yeah. just standing up, start with a win. I have one friend that she um, she physically rolls over to turn her day over to God. Oh. In bed, right? Or or oh, step, that. take that first step yeah. out of bed towards. You know what he's calling you to. Yeah. You know, just some things. But, but I think also if we're able to start our day with a win, that's mm-hmm. good. Just something that's but really some good. days it's just getting out of bed. Shower's yes. good though. Yeah, shower is definitely helpful. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: is good. That's almost like winning. Mm. You know. Yeah. Finishing a marathon some days, but um, yes,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: But it's those things that we just have to do. Yeah. So we talked about like just reaching out and mm-hmm. getting. To the point where, you know, you need help and you mm-hmm. have to take that next step. Yeah. So we may have listeners that are actually in that, in that place yeah. right now. How do they reach out? Like you said, yeah. you know, reach out to a friend or someone, yeah. your support. Maybe they don't have that. Reach out to a doctor. Maybe they don't have a good relationship with a doctor. You right. Know?
1: Reach out to a counselor. How do you find a counselor? Yeah. So uh, there's a couple of resources and one of them, let's see, is it's it's um, the SAMHSA website and that's mm-hmm. Substance Abuse Mental Health Association. I don't remember what it all stands for, but it's yeah. SAM, dot uh-huh. org. And they have, that's a national organization. They've got resources across the country oh. of different places you'd call for counseling or yeah. whatever, uh, you know, medical doctors. And then there's something called Jason Foundation. Um, I found they had an app. I thought that was so helpful. So it's called A Friend Asks, and you can download it. And that can help if you're dealing with, you know, somebody or people that are suicidal. It can give you some resources, even script as to how to talk to somebody. Oh, wow. That's the Jason Foundation. But, you know, I think first, if you've got a loved one, that would be great. Mm -hmm. Even just for accountability or a friend, somebody Mm you know, that you feel like you can trust that will follow up with you, you can call your doctor, that doesn't mean that you've got to start on medication, it just Mm -hmm. means they they may just give you, you know, uh, some names for a counselor. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, I think targeting our sleep and making sure we're getting enough sleep, because there's something about that, that if we're not, everything just seems to spiral. So if there's suicidal stuff, even if I get someone in with suicidal, you know, fairly high suicide risk, I'm sending them to a doctor Mm. anyway. Mm -hmm. So, you know, right. Yeah. You don't even worry about collecting your $200 just go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, I think that's really important. And if, if I I apologize for not having the suicide hotline handy, Mm. but um, there is a, you know, national suicide hotline that people can call. So, in Oklahoma, here two one one is a number they can call and get resources. Mm-hmm. So you know there that that's also helpful. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: there are a lot of resources, a lot of yeah. people that can help. Yep. Yeah. It's just getting to that point of reaching yeah. out and saying, "I need right.
1: help." Right. Right. Yeah. And and so it's hard for people to go into the office that first time, but mm-hmm. for people that are counselors or doctors, we hear this stuff a lot. Yeah. And usually, what we're going to do is get a big picture of what's going on for you. We're gonna find figure out what kinds of things we need to pull in, whether it be you know developing a support system or structure, developing a plan for safety and you know uh, might include identifying some support people and um, you know your counseling plan and then yeah and then we'll go from there. It doesn't have good. to be it's overwhelming enough but yeah we're trained to do that stuff so it's yeah. not overwhelming for us. That's good.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that first counseling appointment and i'm glad you went through that because that would be something like what do i expect okay i'm going to reach out and now i have an appointment what what am i getting myself into and you know there's going to be people women who are you know afraid to go and visit with a stranger and tell them all their darkest Mm -hmm. (laughs) thoughts and things And, and then even just the idea of sitting with someone and crying and, you know, being emotional, that's just hard stuff. It is. That's hard stuff. And I'm glad that you said like, but that's what you do. That's Mm -hmm. how you help people when they get to that state. Right. And, and even though it's uncomfortable for someone coming to you, Mm -hmm. that's because they don't do it every day. You know, this is maybe their very first time talking about it where you are like, We see this over and over. Yes, come to help. We can help. We know what to do.
1: You know, one thing I was just thinking, too, is people worry about, are you going to make me go to the hospital?
0: Ah, yeah. And I
1: just thought about that. But yeah, it's so. So if I get somebody in and what what I'm going to assess is, is there a plan? Mm -hmm. Do they have the means? And is there intent to do so? So plan means an intent PMI, and Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to scale each of those on a scale of one to 10 with them. So I'm going to ask them, first of all, you know, how dark is the pain on a scale of one to 10? How, how high is the pain? Mm -hmm. And they may say an eight or a nine. That doesn't necessarily indicate that they are actively suicidal. Mm -hmm. Do they have a plan? Okay. So we just went up. Mm -hmm. So. I'm asking them, okay, so what is the plan? Do they have the means? Mm -hmm. And then um, on a scale of one to 10, how likely are they to act on that? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so if it's like a two or one or three or four, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, Hey, look, let's develop a plan to keep you safe. But I also want to know where has it gone in the last month, two months at its worst, Mm -hmm. because they may be at a four right now, but two nights ago, they might've been at an eight in the middle of the night. Yeah. And that's hard. So um, I wanna find out those things. I'm quite likely gonna send them to a doctor to Mm -hmm. see what kind of, you know, do we need to do something for sleep? Do we need to do Mm -hmm. something to help bring those symptoms down? Most of the time, medication doesn't numb if we're doing the right meds. Mm -hmm. Most of the time what it does is it just takes the edge off and they start to feel a little bit more like themselves, a little bit more resilient. If they're dealing with stress and anger, they're gonna find that starting to drop off. They're Mm -hmm. gonna find that their sleep starts to improve. Mm It, usually if I see somebody saying they're numb, it's because they've become over-medicated. That's real easy to take care of. Yeah. You just have your doctor help lower that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and that usually helps. But it, it, in the times when I've had somebody that's needed to go to the hospital, they've mm-hmm. known it. Mm-hmm. And it's actually felt safe, oh, like the safe God. choice, which is, I, you know, I can just see it on them. They're like, yeah, yeah. I think I do need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a, in a couple of cases where I knew that there was a high, high risk for that person, and you can see the trauma look on their face where they're mm-hmm. almost looking right through you, you know. Yeah. And I'm asking them, and they're telling me, "No, I'm not." And mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, it doesn't feel right. And every now and then, which I'm talking maybe, maybe four or five times in my career, yeah, I've had to just kind of say, "No, I think we need to, yeah, we need to do something here." Wow. Yeah, wow. So, a- occasionally there's only been a couple times I've had to text somebody and Uh say, please call 911. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm talking maybe two to three times in my whole career. Yeah. But it's nice to know that even, because if you've got somebody at home that you know, is not going to get themselves safely and you can't drive them safely, text somebody and have them call the ambulance. Yeah. That's, that is very good to know. That's great. Thank you. Yeah.
0: What else would you like to tell our listeners before we kind of wrap this up? You've given us such great information. I know I feel a lot more at ease, I guess, knowing Mm -hmm. what to expect if I do reach out to someone and especially a counselor. What else would you like to to kind of share to kind of wrap this
1: up? Absolutely. First, I would say if you are concerned at all about someone or yourself, make the call, just make the call. You don't have to handle that on your own. And, you know, there's people that are trained to. Do the assessment for you. Mm. The other thing is is remember that the lens that we're viewing things through when we're in that place. And there's been some really hard stories this year, mm-hmm. and people that have walked through grief or people that are walking on the front lines and they're isolated because they can't be around people. Right. Those are tough stories, mm-hmm. and their world feels like it's closing in. They need support. They need to reach out to somebody. Mm-hmm. Counseling can help. There's resources out there for people that can't afford it, mm-hmm. and and two one one is a good one number for that. But also understand that when we're in that place in our brain, it's almost I think of it like a file cabinet. So we've got these file cabinet drawers, right? Yeah. When you go to open one drawer, you can't access any of the others. So if I'm in that depressed place in my life, mm-hmm. I'm in that file cabinet, but that that part of the file cabinet, mm-hmm. nothing else. I'm not able to even sense the other parts of my life. Same thing with if I'm, um, you know, in a happy mood, I might yeah. not even be a, because I'm in a different part of the brain. And so when we're in, stuck in that place, it is hard to get out. That's why we need to ask for help. Yeah. And um, just know that this is not the whole of your life. It's not the whole of who you are. It may be a lot of where you're at right now, and yeah. but Jesus cares, people care. Even if you feel like they don't, that is the lens you feel it through. Mm -hmm. And suicide is never the answer. You know, it just isn't. It's, it's hopelessness and uh, there's hope out there and there's lots of hope. So I think I would say that's probably, Yeah,
0: I like how you mentioned hope because that is something that we are hearing over and over that there's hope, like don't lose hope. Yep. And the enemy tries to steal that away from us. But we just have to remember yeah, there
1: is hope for all of yeah. us, every single one of us. If there's somebody that's suicidal, mm-hmm. it's important to follow up also. Mm-hmm. That's another point. People who are in that dark, dark place, that's going to be their default system for a little while. And they are not likely to ask for help. And if mm-hmm. they did ask for help, they may not be likely to come back and ask a second time. Ah. So it's good to check back in yeah. and just make sure they're you know, work in their plan. Is there anything they can do? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, I think that's really important as well. Yeah,
0: that's good. And I loved your file cabinet, (laughs) just picturing that. And that makes sense because the brain is so just amazing. It can do so many things that we don't understand. And so to simplify it to, well, this is how your brain is operating at this time. And it's not a label of who you are all the time. Yeah. It's just a season. It could just be where you are right now.
1: Yeah. So that's good. Years ago, this is not a suicide story, but I remember we were in the hospital. My daughter was hospitalized for three weeks and um, she'd almost died at two weeks of age mm-hmm. and then was back in for three weeks with pneumonia. And I had a, my, my son was 15 months older than her. So he was pretty little. And so anyway, it was it was really dark for about thirty six hours. She did not mm. move. We had doctors coming in from the other hospital to check on her, and I remember it was Christmas Eve, and I had been reading in a Guidepost magazine, yes. and it was about this guy that um, had been in charge of pushing the last button before the Challenger took off and exploded. Oh, yeah, and just the depression that he dealt with after that, mm. and how hard it was, and he said that the the one scripture that came to his mind was just that nothing 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 can separate us from jesus love mm. no mm. neither height nor depth nor yeah all yeah. the things all the things <laughs> <laughs> because i just blanked as i was supposed to remember it while we're talking <laughs> is, but romans 838 and yeah. 39 and that one has been just one that i've held on to is even if I'm depressed yeah. and don't feel his love, it does not mean it's gone. Right. So we have to just keep remembering those things. So oh, anyway. That's good. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, I love
0: that. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. This has been amazing, packed full of very, very good information, things that we can apply in our lives and things that we can look at in our loved ones' lives and just being in community and helping each other out. So... Listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Um, remember to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And you are always encouraged to join us at warriorsariseministry.org and share this podcast with a friend. This is um, one of those episodes that is there's something for everyone. And so I encourage you think of one or two friends to um, share this with. It could change someone's life. So again, this is Jane Zahasky. I am your host. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember, it's time to rise up, warrior, and step into your freedom. Warriors Arise exists to educate and empower women to break free from the labels of their past in order to find hope, passion, and purpose. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Remember, this is a safe place to talk about unsafe things.